when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Grote, your home for news, notes, and information. Just Pod Baby is brought to you by SB Nation and the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. Be sure to check me out on Twitter at egrote5 and check out some other great work over at silverandblackpride.com. My guest this week is Michael Rothstein, who is a reporter for ESPN covering the Detroit Lions. All right, so we're going to start this week's episode off with a brief uh, recap of the loss last week to the Texans. Uh, it was a heartbreaker, 27-24. Uh, my thoughts on the game are, are pretty simple. It's a game that they could have, would have, should have won, but they didn't. They had to lead the entire game until 6:26 left in the fourth quarter. And, and to lose a game like that on the road um, against a very good team, a playoff-bound team, it, it's just it's very disheartening. And it really came down to a, a couple factors, really a couple plays if you, if you think about it. Um, I think there were a few... Um, penalties down the stretch that really uh, hurt the Raiders. There was a uh, holding call on Richie Incognito that really got their one of their drives there down the stretch kind of off to a, a, a bad start, and they were never able to recover from that. I think the defense was gassed in the second half of the game. I think they were on the field so much in the second half, they just couldn't get those stops that they needed to get off the field. And I think another factor was there was a couple missed opportunities by the offense. Um in particular, uh, there was two dropped balls by Tyrell Williams. One in particular that came um, in the Raiders' final possession of the game, that third and 16. He he spoke about it after the game. That's just a ball that he's got to come down with. Um, he, you know, he's got to make that catch. It was a, he, you know, he had Garyon Conley draped all over him in coverage, but at the bottom, at the end of the day, the ball did hit him in the hands. And um, I, I think anytime the ball hits the receivers in the hands, they got to come up with that. They got to come up with that that catch. Um, the Texans just made more plays on the stretch as well. And I think Deshaun Watson was amazing in the game. He put the Texans on his shoulders and just willed that team to a victory. It's as simple as that. I I think, um, that the Raiders played well enough to win this game, but in the NFL, you've got to play a full 60 minutes to to win the game. So the Raiders, they, they, they wrapped up that, that long stretch away from home, uh, with a two and three record, and I think overall, as a fan, you, you've got to be somewhat satisfied with, with that road trip there. Um, with a three and four record currently, they you know the Raiders are still alive, um, and I keep saying that I know week after week, but the, the fact of the matter is they are still alive in the hunt, and, and it's not going to be easy to get into the playoffs. But it, it's it's you know there's still a pulse, so as long as there's a pulse, you know we're gonna we're gonna remain uh, hopeful. Now, I saw a tweet this week from Mike Clay, and I'm not sure if any of you saw it or not, uh, but what the tweet said was, quote, the Raiders have the fourth easiest remaining schedule with five of their next seven games at home. A run at the wild card spot is far from out of the question. And, you know, I got to agree. 
I got to agree. I think that's a that's a great um, thought there by Mike Clay. Um, the Raiders just got to take it one week at a time. That's that's what it's going to come down to. They got they got to take one week at a time. They got to start this week against the Lions. So let's let's dive into that. That's where we're going to um, kind of begin now. Is is the preview of that matchup? And and on paper, I'm not sure if you guys have had a chance to really take a look at the Lions. Uh, the Raiders and the Lions are very similar in, in many ways, uh, especially on defense. But um, the Lions are, are three three and one. They do have that tie in Week One, I believe it was with the Cardinals. All of their games have been very close, uh, whether they won the game or lost the game. All very very close games. Uh, their three combined losses, in fact, were by thirteen total points. So that kind of shows you. You know that they've been in. They've been in every game, even even the ones they've lost. Now, offensively, they've been outstanding through the air, especially Matthew Stafford is putting together one of the better seasons of his career. He's off to a great start. Sixteen touchdown passes to only four interceptions, um, and he's kind of flying under the radar while doing it. And in, in fact, I wasn't even aware of the type of numbers that he was putting up until I, I kind of dug into uh, into the Lions this week. Um, you don't hear many people talking nationally about about the, the season that Stafford's having, but um, you know he is having a very good season, and I think you know that's going to be one of the matchups that you know the Raiders definitely got to um, you know make sure they're not allowing Stafford to just pick them apart. He's got three great wideouts to throw the ball to, and Kenny Galladay, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., and Dan- Danny Amendola. Oh, excuse me, Amendola. And don't forget, he's got rookie uh, tight end T.J. Hawkinson, who hasn't been a huge factor this year, but we we know the talent that he has. The starting running back uh, is Carryon Johnson. He he was placed on IR um, with a I think it was a knee injury. Um, he is they are hoping to get him back at some point this season, but um, it looks like it's going to be a running back by committee this weekend. Last week. The Lions used four different running backs who uh, carried the ball. So expect um, much of the same this week, although I did see they had one of their uh, running backs is going to be out. I think his name was Trey Trey Jones, I think that was his name. I'll get to more of that later in the uh, when we talk about the injury report. But, um, yeah, expect to see kind of a three-handed monster uh, in the backfield for the Lions. Uh, they are averaging 26 points a game. Um, on offense, so they you know they can certainly they can certainly score the ball um, or put up points. Now, much like the Raiders, the the big issues for the Lions lie with the defense. Uh, they are ranked 32nd in the league against the pass, so they're the worst team in the league against against the pass as far as yardage is concerned. They give up 290 yards a game. Um, the run defense is is just as bad. They allow 130 yards on the ground, so. Um, Definitely a game where you know the Raiders should be able to move the ball, no problem, as long as they're able to you know score touchdowns. You know this isn't a game where you want to settle for field goals. It's gonna. I, I think it has a ten. Uh, I think it has a potential to be a high scoring affair, and you don't want to leave any points out there by selling for field goals. Also, I think Josh Jacobs is in store for a big game here, as long as he's you know feeling healthy. I know he's still being bothered by that shoulder injury. Now, um, their run defense, um, oh, I already mentioned that. Run defense gives up 130 yards per game. Now, their pass rush, um, 
again, much like the Raiders, is not a major factor at all. In fact, they actually have 13 sacks just like the Raiders. So, um, you know, they're, they're poor on the back end. They don't generate a big pass rush, and they can't stop the run. So um, they don't do many things well on defense. Now, this game will come down to, it's going to come down to defense, really. It's going to come down to which defense can get more stops. Um, We should see, again, plenty of yardage, plenty of points, but it's going to come down to, in those critical moments, which team can get the stop that they need. I think that's going to be what this game comes down to. That'll be the difference. Now, um, the Raiders should play inspired football. They're returning home, again, after that, that five games away from home. I think that... Um, you know, there should be a sense, uh, you know, in that locker room that, you know, if, if they can just take care of business here in these next four to five games, there could be a real positive shift in the, in the momentum of this entire season. Um, so I, I just think that, um, you know, the Raiders are, are in position, you know, to, to win a game here this weekend. Um, but as I have been saying all week on Twitter, do not overlook the Lions. I think they've, they've been battle tested this year. They're sneaky good team. Um, they, they've just, you know, they've been unfortunate here in a couple games. I think they came up short against three very good teams, uh, three teams who also beat the Raiders, the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Vikings. So that's my, uh, that's kind of my, my brief preview, um, of this week's game. Before I take a quick break though, I do want to mention a couple of other headlines from this week. Um, the Raiders were not players at the NFL trade deadline, um, as as many thought they they would be, there was some interest there in the, the Jets wide receiver Robbie Anderson, um, but you know at the end of the day um, they opted um, to make some moves more so f- through free agency. The signing linebackers Brandon Marshall and Will Compton, as well as defensive tackle uh, Terrell McLean and center Eric Magnuson. Now it just sounds like. When it when it came down to it, Gruden just really wasn't willing to part with any more draft picks. You know, don't forget they've already given up some some picks to to acquire um, some receivers, uh, Zay Jones and Tra- uh, Trevor Davis. So I just don't think Gruden was was interested in doing that. As and and he also mentioned um, one of the factors being you know some of the financial ramifications that come along with acquiring players through trade whether it's taking on their large contract or you know having to re-sign a player who's you know in the final year of a deal or or, or you know something like that so um Brandon Marshall is one you know he was with the team uh, in training camp he he did not make the uh, 53-man roster out of camp so there is some confidence there though with him that you know, he is familiar with the system. It shouldn't take him too long to get back into the swing of things. Um, and Will Compton is a guy who, you know, he's been around the league. Um, it's definitely not his first rodeo. So these are guys that have been in the league. Um, and so they, they both, you know, they add some depth to the position. Eric Magnuson um, was signed off the Buffalo Bills practice squad. He has spent time with the 49ers as well. He's, I believe he's made three career starts. So, um, you know, I, I think that was definitely kind of more of an, uh, an emergency signing um, as we kind of wait and see what the status of Rodney Hudson and uh, uh, the backup center there um, will be going into this week. Now, Tyrell McClain, he spent uh, time with eight different teams in the league. He's, this is a 31-year-old veteran, McClain, defensive tackle, he, you know, some of the teams he's played with, 
throughout his career include the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Falcons, and the Chiefs, just to name a few. Now, in a corresponding move um, to those three additions, they did release Dakota Allen, Corey Legit, and they waived uh, Justin Phillips. So those are some of your headlines for this week. And after this quick break, I will take a look at the Week 9 Injury Report. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, welcome back to Just Pod Baby. Uh, I do have the injury report for both teams in front of me. Uh, We'll start with the Lions. Uh, Looks like they have six players listed as questionable. Um, They do have one player already ruled out for the game as well as one player uh, listed as doubtful. So we'll start with the player who is uh, already inactive for the game, and that is uh, defensive back Tracy Walker with a knee injury. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he is one of their starting corners. So, you know, an already weak secondary looks to be a little bit weaker. So, again, that should be nothing but uh, – should do nothing but great things for Derek Carr and his uh, receivers. The player listed as doubtful is uh, defensive tackle Mike Daniels, uh, another starter. I'm almost positive. I could be wrong. Um, He's listed as doubtful with a foot, so keep an eye on him. Uh, The six players listed as questionable, uh, we've got a guard center, Graham Glasgow, with a back. He did not practice Wednesday, was limited Thursday, full on Friday, so it looks like he will be a – he should be able to go. Um one of their cornerbacks, rookie uh, out of Penn State, I'm going to butcher this name, Am- Amani Uwari. Uh, um, I'm not quite sure, but uh, he's that rookie out of Penn State who I actually really liked during the draft process with a knee. He was questionable. He was limited all week. Uh, one of their better corners, Darius Slay, with a hamstring. He was limited Wednesday, Thursday, got a full practice in Friday. He's questionable. I would expect him to go. Damian Snacks Harrison, um, he was limited Friday, did not participate Thursday, questionable. So we'll see. He's going to be a major part of their run defense. So if he is unable to go, you know, giddy up, giddy up, Josh uh, Jacobs. Um, Oh, the running back, Trey Carson, he was the one that I was talking about earlier uh, with a hamstring. He was limited Thursday, Friday, and he is questionable. So, uh, we'll see his his status, uh, you know, as we get closer to Sunday. And another one of their defensive tackles, uh, Ashawn Robinson from Alabama, with an ankle. He was limited on Friday. So uh, that's your injury report for the Lions and for your Oakland Raiders. Um, they have six players listed as questionable. Obviously, we're well aware of Rodney Hudson's injury, that ankle that he suffered last week where he was carted off the field. That's been the big storyline all week. You know, Will he play or will he not play? Uh, he did not participate in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Did get a limited session in on Friday, and so they, list, they listed him as questionable. Um, backup center Andre James, also with an ankle, who did a very nice job for Hudson last week, um, did not practice at all Wednesday. Thursday was also limited on Friday. He's also questionable. I did hear Gruden speak about both of those two players today, 
says they're both really sore. They were able to do as much as they could today. Um, you know, he, he's going to say they're very much questionable. Um, let's see who else we have here. Dwayne Harris, you know, he's still battling, you know, ankle foot injuries. He did not participate in practice at all this week. So, you know, his, his status is definitely up in the air right now. Um, Eric Harris, who's dealing with an illness, he didn't practice on uh, Thursday, did get a limited practice in on Friday. So, you know, he still has a couple days to recover from that illness. So I would expect him to play. Um, PJ Hall uh, made the injury report this week with a shoulder injury. I'm not sure when that occurred. He, I think he played the entire game last week, but was limited Thursday and Friday. Um, so, you know, I would expect him to go. Um, Josh Morrow is the other player listed as questionable with a growing injury. He did not participate in practice at all this week. So generally when they don't practice on Friday, that's not a very good sign. Um, so those are your injuries for the Raiders. And, um, you know, again, keep an eye on, on the status of these players. We will have the uh, week nine inactives for you over at silverandblackpride.com. So check those out Sunday morning. All right, up next is my interview with Lions reporter for ESPN, Michael Rothstein. Joining me on the line now is Michael Rothstein, who is a reporter and writer who covers the Detroit Lions for ESPN. Michael also hosts his own podcast, the Michael Rothstein Podcast. Michael, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm not bad. Uh, just wrapped up some trick or treating with the kids. It's uh, I live over here in Western New York, actually, and it's terrible weather tonight. It rained all day long. High winds now, so it was kind of a miserable night for the kids trick or treating. But other than that, we're doing all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I know it's it's been pretty pretty bad weather in Michigan as well. It's been raining all day. And we're expecting snow later, so super fun. Oh, you guys got some snow coming. Yeah, we're supposed to be getting some snow next week, so uh, you, you know how it is. Um, Michael, one question about your podcast. Where can we find that podcast? Yeah, so it's called The Michael Rothstein Show. It's everywhere that podcasts are listened to, I guess. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, still relatively new. We're about four episodes deep. Had Lions offensive lineman Joe Dahl, who I guess for Raiders fans, May not know much about him, but they might remember him from Washington State when he played there. He was he was my guest on the show. We talked a lot about different stuff from living with Carson Wentz, which he did for a couple of months, to kind of how he's evolved as a guard, to some really interesting Mike Leach stories. Uh, he was a great guest to have, and really somebody not many people know about because he's an offensive lineman really in his first year starting. Cool, cool, good stuff, and uh, and uh, you know, just so everyone knows, I'm recording this interview on Thursday night. Um, Michael is going to be hopping on a plane tomorrow and heading to Oakland for the game this week. So he uh, he you know decided to give me some of his time tonight. So I, I do appreciate you uh, fitting me into your busy schedule, Michael. Um, yeah, man, no problem. Thank you. Uh, so let's let's get this thing started. Um, I was doing my homework on the Lions, and you know they've got a three and three record with a tie. And I, I have to tell you, when I was do, when I was doing some research on the team, I, the Raiders and the Lions are eerily similar in in many ways. Um, and, and we'll kind of get into more of that later on. But um, the Lions have had a lot of close games, both the games that they've won and lost. Um, 
again, you know, very competitive games in, in in the ones that they lost. In fact, the three losses were by a combined thirteen points, and 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 they came at the hands of some very good teams: the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Vikings. Three teams that the Raiders have also played and lost to. So why don't you go ahead and kind of give us your take on what's kind of taken place here in the first uh, seven games for the Lions? Yeah, it's really interesting because if you look at those games that they lost, right, they were leading Kansas City with uh, under five minutes to go. And then Patrick Mahomes, still healthy, led Kansas City down the field, scored a touchdown in the final seconds. They were leading Green Bay on Monday Night Football, which everybody saw until the very end that Mason Crosby makes a chippy field goal to win the game as time expires. Minnesota was probably their worst game of the year. They didn't play particularly well on defense at all. They lost Darius Slay to a hamstring injury, and he'd been dealing with it earlier. Actually, they played very well defensively without Darius Slay against Kansas City, but he couldn't really get going, and he missed last week. And just covering Diggs and Thielen, it just wasn't really working for him hamstring-wise. Then they had Quandre Diggs, and obviously that was his, ended up being his last game as a Lion. That game was really – they're hoping it was an aberration, but it definitely showed some of their weaknesses in the passing game, and they couldn't stop Dalvin Cook. And that's really been an area that they've struggled in all year is they haven't been able to stop the run. And that's – if you look at this team and maybe pick their biggest weakness, it is that, which obviously would be very concerning when – they play the Raiders this Sunday because Josh Jacobs is maybe not Saquon Barkley or Dalvin Cook, but he's really good, and that offensive line has just been throwing people around. So that's going to be an interesting matchup, but when you look at the Lions this year, offensively they've been really, really good. Yeah, they're without on Johnson. He's on injured reserve, and they haven't had the best run game. Even when he was playing, certainly without, they really went to committee last week with Ty Johnson and Trey Carson and J.D. McKissick and Trey Carson's a little banged up, so it could be a lot of Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick. Ty Johnson, a rookie out of Maryland, McKissick, a kind of veteran guy, bounced around a little bit, was in Seattle, played under Dower Bevel. He's more of a pass-catching guy. But their pass offense has been fantastic. Matthew Stafford might be having the best year of his career. He's been just lights out game after game after game, hitting balls in tight windows going deep play action has really worked for him he's made a lot of accurate throws a lot of good decisions and i've been covering this team for seven seasons now and this is the best i've seen him play over a seven game stretch if he throws for over 300 yards on sunday against the raiders and the raiders as we all know their past defense is shaky it'll be the first time since the end of the 2011 season actually that he'll have three straight 300 yard games and he's just been on fire. And frankly, I think if the Lions had a little bit of a better record, maybe had won either that Kansas City or that Green Bay game, we might be talking about him in the MVP discussion. But three, three, and one isn't going to get you there. Man, you just answered my second and my third question there. That was that was Sorry great. About that. No, 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 great information by you there. Um, yeah, I do want to comment a little bit if you don't mind. Uh, the first thing on, on Matthew Stafford, as you said, you know, I kind of had some notes written here. I said he's quietly putting together. A very very good season and I even had in parentheses maybe even an MVP season and to be honest with you I didn't even realize he was putting up those kind of numbers until I went and looked at him he's he's um, 11th in passing yards second in touchdowns with 16 and he's only got four interceptions um 
and, and you're right. It, it's probably due to that three and three record, but um, yeah, he's definitely gotten off to a, a great start, and you kind of touched on that as part of the reason why. Um, the third question I had for you there was about the running back situation. Carryon Johnson is on the IR, and um, you know I was going to ask you who was next in line, but you told us that it's, it's kind of a committee right now. So uh, I guess Raider fans can expect to see several different running backs. I'll move right on to my next question here. Um, <clears throat> I always like to ask um, my guests a question about the offensive line. So um, how has the, in particular, I, I want to know more about the, the pass protection. How was the, the line held up for Matthew Stafford in 2019? Much better than in past years. Uh, and that's not saying much because in past years it's been brutal. One of Bob Quinn's first things when he came in after the 2015 season was he completely rebuilt this offensive line. He's put a lot of draft capital in there. They've got a first-round pick at left tackle in Taylor Decker, a first-round pick at center in Frank Ragnow, and they've got a high-impact free agent signing. High-impact may not be the right word, but high-money free agent signing of Rick Wagner from a couple years ago at right tackle. And then they've got their guards, and that's where it gets a little bit interesting because Graham Glasgow probably is their best guard, but they've actually been running a three-guard rotation between Graham Glasgow, Joe Dahl, who I was talking about at the top of this hit here, uh, is a guy I talked to you earlier this week on my podcast. He's really in his first year as a starter at left guard, and they've been rotating Kenny Wiggins, who's a Fresno State guy, Northern California guy. He's been rotating in every third series. He plays like the third and fourth series of each half. One at left guard, one at right guard. It's been happening every game. It's one of the more interesting things I've really ever seen this deep in a season because generally offensive lines, when you think of them, unless there's an injury or you really have no confidence in your guys, you're playing five guys. Other than quarterback, it's the position with the least amount of rotation. And yet the Lions keep doing it. And it's not like... Joe Dahl or Graham Glasgow are bad. So it's really been interesting. They've protected Matthew Stafford well. Maybe not that first week. That was a little rough. Taylor Decker had a really, really bad game. It turned out he was fighting an injury. Chandler Jones and and, uh, Terrell Suggs really, really beat him up. And after that, they've done pretty well. They've generally kept him pretty clean, kept him from getting pressure too much and they even did that against minnesota and minnesota has been a big problem for him throughout his career last year he was sacked 10 times in a game and it just wasn't going well ever against the vikings and they held their own so it's been better than in years past but you can get to matthew stafford it's just a matter of you probably have to send more pressure than you would have in the past to do that versus a four-man front, and if you rush four in years past, you might have been able to get to it. Now, I, I talked about how I felt the um, the Lions and the Raiders were, were similar. Now, uh, that's more so on the defensive side of the ball, so that's kind of where we're going to shift now. And, and much like the Raiders, it seems like the, the issues for the Lions have been on defense. Um, they give up a lot of yards, 420 uh, 20 yards a game to be exact. And now I know from a Raiders standpoint, there's a major debate going on, um, you know, within the fan base on Twitter, you know, all the Twitter GMs out there, uh, whether it's an issue of personnel or scheme. So 
Um, I know that this is Matt Patricia's second year, and um, you know I'm sure there's a learning curve going on with with the defense, just like there is with the Raiders and Paul Gunther system. But but to you, um, do the issues seem to be a lack of talent, or is there an issue with the players kind of picking up the scheme? Well, it's actually been really surprising that the defense has been as poor as it's been, because a Matthew Staff, Matthew Stafford, Matt, Matt Patricia has been widely held when he got this job as a guru on defense. And that was part of why they hired him. And he comes from Bill Belichick and he ran Bill Belichick's defense. And really, you know, he kind of had some schematic advantages there and it's been really rough. Now there are some similarities in that it's very much a bend, but don't break defense. And I hate that cliche, but it's true where like they're okay giving up yards as long as they don't give up touchdowns. Right. Well, they're okay giving up field goals or stopping them at the 40 and making them kick long field goals. And you kind of go from there and they don't blitz much. Very rarely do they send more than four guys. Even last week when they finally got pressure on a quarterback, they got to Daniel Jones double digit times in pressures. Most of those times came only rushing four. Now for a good chunk of the season, they've actually only been rushing three and they've changed things a little bit and we'll see what they do here on Sunday. But it's been surprising because the defensive line was widely thought at the beginning of the season to be the strength of their team and and maybe one of the best defensive lines in the league. They have Damon Harrison, who's considered one of the better run stoppers in the NFL, or at least was entering this year. They added Trey Flowers as a big-money free agent signing, and he, he was added because, A, Matt Patricia had coached him and you thought he would know better than anyone how to use him and, and really accelerate that pressure that he was able to get in New England up until last week that really hadn't happened. And they've been dealing with some injuries there. Deshaun Hand came back for the first time last week. Mike Daniels got injured in week three and he was a training camp pickup after Green Bay cut him. He is still injured. He's back at practice. Wouldn't be, would be kind of surprised that he played on Sunday not overly shocked because he's starting to get back practicing. He's a vet, so he knows what he's doing. But Matt Patricia likes to generally be conservative with injuries. And with Deshaun Hand back, they don't totally need Mike Daniels. But they just haven't gotten the pressure that they needed. And they've been poor against the run. And all of that has been maybe, as we were talking about a little bit before about the run defense, that's really been surprising. Their linebackers, Devon Kennard, has gotten pressure intermittently here and there. But not with a ton of consistency. So Jared Davis is a guy as a middle linebacker who they will send on delayed blitzes from time to time, and he's really effective there, but they don't do it all that much because, again, Matt Patricia doesn't blitz all that often. Usually he blitzes on less than 10% of opponent dropbacks. So it's tough to say why this defense has struggled. Their secondary is dealt with injury, but it's been pretty good when they're healthy. and. The problem, of course, here is they're not necessarily healthy again this week. Tracy Walker has missed the last two days of practice, and we'll see what happens. It would not shock me if he does not play. He's dealing with a knee injury. And if that happens, it'll be really interesting how they it's just interesting to see how they cover Darren Waller because they've you mostly use Tracy Walker against tight ends. That's gone decently well, but I don't know who they would have beyond him to cover tight ends because you're maybe looking at a rookie and Will Harris and Darren Waller is a matchup nightmare. If it's not Will Harris, then it's maybe Tavon Wilson, the veteran. And 
that could be a little hit miss. So you look at it and you say that could be a real matchup exploitation for Oakland. But it just hasn't totally been there for the defense this year. Matt likes to say his teams get better as the year goes along. That's what he's hoping for. But it's halfway through the year, and they're maybe just now starting to look a little bit better. But they've played some pretty good offenses in Kansas City and Green Bay. And I mean, but Kirk Cousins absolutely annihilated them on offense. And Daniel Jones still threw for four touchdowns. So I don't know how many much of their problems have been solved as much as they've been bailed out by some really good offense on their own. Great information here by Michael Rothstein, reporter and writer who covers the Detroit Lions for ESPN. Uh, Michael, you've touched on the 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 run defense as being uh, an issue, but. Uh, I do believe it's the pass defense that is ranked 32nd in the league, giving up 290 yards uh, a game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, again, very similar to the Raiders. I believe the Raiders are like ranked 28th or something like that. They're they're very poor against the uh, the pass as well. And they both have only generated 13 sacks. So my question is, um, does the larger issue lie with, again, just lack of pass rush or is it the issues more so on the back end or is it a combination of both? I mean, it's probably a combination of both in reality. You know, it's the, you know, the knee bone connected to the, you know, not the knee bone, but like, you know, the, the one bone connected to another bone type of thing. But yeah, it's really to me been the pass rush more than anything and, and injuries. Because it's a much different unit when Darius plays out. Because when Darius plays out, you're moving Justin Coleman outside, and they signed him to a decent sized deal in free agency this year to be a slot corner. And he's been very, very good as a slot corner and very, maybe above good. He's been better than Trey Flowers, who got what, triple the money he did as a pass rusher, you know, as a slot corner. They're grounded in different positions and all that. But when they kick him outside, it causes, I think, a little bit of problems. And we'll see if Darius Slay plays on Sunday. He's been doing more in practice this week. So there's reason to think he will play. And, and that changes the dynamic of what they're able to do as a secondary. But, again, if Tracy Walker's out, that causes some issues as well. But to me, it's been the pass rush. Because if you're going to play man-to-man, guys, which the Lions do more often than not, they play more zone than you think, but – it's largely man. You can only defend a receiver for so long before you're going to get beat. And if quarterbacks have time to, you know, make pancakes back there before they throw a pass, your secondary is going to get shredded. I don't care whether you have, you know, Jalen Ramsey and another Jalen Ramsey playing corner and two Earl Thomases in his prime at safety. It's just going to be a rough day for you. So, I think more than anything, it's pass rush and not being able to get enough pressure on quarterbacks and force them to make bad decisions. And that's caused some major issues in the secondary because of that. But I think it's, that's a long answer for saying it's a little bit of both. But to me, it's probably more pass rush problems than secondary defense problems because of the defense they play. Yeah, same same situation going on in Oakland. Pass rush is is not as effective as it should be, and and you know you can't expect those those guys in the secondary to cover all day long. Um, you already covered the injury report. That was my next question. We're going to keep an eye on guys like Tracy Walker, Mike Daniels, 
um, and Darius Slay. Um, as well, I do see Trey Carson um, as well, one of those running backs, but it, it sounds like we're going to see a committee anyhow, so if, if they happen to be down one of those guys. Did he start last week for them? Well, yeah, so it's interesting there because he, he got a surprise start. Everyone was certain Ty Johnson would get a decent amount of carries. Ty Johnson got a good amount of work. Trey Carson got 12 carries. Okay, not great. You know, but I mean, that could be said for their entire run game. The interesting thing is if Carson can't go, they're actually down to two healthy running backs. Because they cut Paul Perkins, who was their fourth back, and got like five or six carries on Sunday. So it'll be a lot of McKissick and Ty Johnson if Carson can't go. Now, Carson was – we don't know exactly what happened yet with him because – it clearly was an injury or seems to be an injury that happened during practice on Thursday. We'll find out a little bit more probably on Friday when Matt Patricia talks uh, to the media and then if he, Trey Carson practices at all. But it'll be something to watch if he can't go because you have to figure they're going to maybe sign Paul Perkins right back or they may bring up a guy named Wes Hillis who's been on that practice squad. But if Carson can't go, yeah, I would expect it to be a lot of Ty Johnson and a lot of J.D. McKissick. Um, depending, and it could very well be Ty Johnson early downs, McKissick third downs, even though they don't like to do that sort of thing. It might just be that because that would really accentuate their strengths. All right, so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, the last thing I got for you, uh, just a game prediction. I believe the Raiders are two-point favorites the last time I checked, so uh, if you just want to give us a score and maybe a little bit of reason why. Yeah, I I did this for ESPN. I, I don't remember the exact score. I took the Lions to beat the Raiders. I, I just feel like they will be able to really exploit the lack of a pass rush and a questionable secondary a bit better than Oakland will because of the way Stafford's been playing and, frankly, the talent they have in their receiving core between Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. And just have a sneaking feeling that Marvin Jones is going to have a big game. Coming back to the Bay Area where he played college ball at Cal, coming back to California – he always seems to really kind of sometimes from these games, and to me it seems like and it's not like he said anything. He hasn't talked yet this week. Matthew Stafford and the way he's been playing and the way that he seems to really understand Daryl Bevel's offense. I also think the Lions may have done something pass rush wise last week against the Giants. Granted, rookie quarterback and not the best offensive line. But I think that they figured out maybe rushing three isn't the best idea, and if they start rushing four, that kind of maybe changes things a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But uh, I took the Lions, I think, by four, and and that I'd probably stick with that. Okay, very good. Well, that's a it's a great spot there by Michael. Uh, I do appreciate you again giving us so much of your time tonight. Uh, I hope you have a safe flight out to Oakland, Michael, and, and enjoy yourself the game there. Oh, hey, thanks. Anytime, man. All right, we're back here on Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Grote. That was a great job there by Michael Rothstein of ESPN. Uh, Thank you again, Michael, for uh, giving me some of your time. And that is going to do it for this week's edition of Just Pod Baby. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, You know, it's a big week here for the Raiders. If they want to get something going... Uh, towards that playoff uh, run, they, it starts this week against Detroit. I think they got a good opportunity here to to rattle off some wins in the next four or five games. But it all starts this week in Oakland versus the Detroit Lions. 
I hope everyone has a great weekend. I hope everyone enjoys the game on Sunday. And just win, baby.